Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating all artistic things on the north coast of New South Wales, specifically music, but other artistic things as well. Today we are in Makerspace Studio in Port Macquarie. Shout out to the Makerspace crew for having us. And uh, I got to chat to Amir. And Amir is a singer-songwriter, um, heavily influenced by neo-soul, R&B and jazz, and uh, fantastic performer. Um, and yeah, we had a great chat. We got, we got super deep. We talked about music. We talked about life. It was an awesome chat, and I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you've been enjoying the episodes. Tell your friends, tell your mum, and um, yeah, enjoy the episode. You're listening to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating sounds and art and cool creative things uh, and creatives all up and down the North Coast. Today uh, in the studio in Makerspace in Port Macquarie, shout out to uh, Sue and the crew for letting us um, use this space to record great riveting podcasts. Amir, how you going? I'm fabulous. How yes. are you? Uh, there's a little hint of sarcasm. <laughs> We've just had an off the chair, off the chair, off the air chat. About, it got deep. It got deep really quickly. The worst thing about that sometimes <laughs> is we have the best chat before the interview. I know. And then it's hard to recreate that thing. But I think we cut it off at just the right time. Yeah, we didn't go to um, – we could come back from it. You yeah. Know? We could we, still – And I think we can recreate it. The, the trouble is sometimes you have the best conversation and you're like, let's record that. And then you try and record it and it just doesn't work. It's ruined. Yeah. No. But how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. No, I'm good. Thanks for having me. What of do you course. want to know? Uh, lots of things. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Um, I was telling you before that, like, I discovered you on Facebook yes. to, to your disgust. Yeah, um, doing the stalk. Doing, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a, a music journalist now. Oh, my so, God. I um, love that. Not really, but a, a aspiring mm. um, podcast music journal yeah um and i discovered you at some point maybe in the last year or two i, don't, I can't really remember playing some guitar mm. and then uh, i asked mr brad uh collins about who would be cool who's a musician um to to talk to so tomorrow i've got uh mick who you wouldn't who you know love uh, coming in and love yeah um, i love mick too i've only met mick once and um it was she, we, had, we did best. a five minute five minute interview and it was like we could do this for longer i think yeah no she's cool we play in a band together. I know. I heard. Um, <laughs> did you know? Did your mother know? Exactly. I Can I? Uh, before we get into who, okay. who is Amir, how did you guys come up, and why? More importantly, why did you come up with um, that name for the band? Yeah. All right. So I play my own music with a band that has Mick in it and another person called Alana, okay. who plays bass. Mick plays drums for me in that one. Oh, true. I didn't know um, And then um, we started wanting to do gigs together because we were all writing our own music and then we just wanted to jam. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I kind of – there's a lot of pressure on myself to write specific music to be a specific thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of pressure. And I kind of just wanted to play some fun stuff. So that's like the fun project. Does, so, your, mo- does your mother know? Yeah. So we love ABBA. So if you know your ABBA trivia, <laughs> um, Does Your Mother Know is a song by ABBA. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I won't tell you how I feel about ABBA. 
Do you hate them? Uh, I don't hate them. I How just do don't you? love them. Why? They it just it's like I, I I there are some songs that I'm like this is a great song. Yeah. But maybe it's because I have an aversion to just ridiculously popular music that oh, that you're when, one of those. No, not really, <laughs> but more that like when I'm playing live and I I play in some original bands and some yes. cover bands. More than I'm playing live and and uh, we play a lot of like um, funks, sort of vibey sort of stuff. So Jamiroquai, like Stevie Wonder, that kind of thing. Yep. And and you you do an hour, two hour, three hours, whatever of music, and then people are like, do you play any ABBA? And I'm like, but I just gave you Jamiroquai, or I just gave you Michael Jackson. Yeah. No ABBA, and I feel like that that sort of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Maybe you got to listen to your clientele better. <laughs> it's possible, uh, but I'm still here, so that's cool. <laughs> Um, so does your mother know an ABBA reference Yeah, and nothing else like no more sub- subversive kind of meanings for you guys? Like, you know. like you can take whatever you want from that, <laughs> but, enough. um, it was born out of ABBA. So the same Mick and Alana is in this same band or someone different? No, it's us three. Yep. And it's So just- who's the front? Front person out of you and Mick in this band, or are you both front people? I I would say me. Yeah. Um, it's early days with this band. Okay. But we've been playing some gigs, and it was actually born out of Mick and me jamming, and for a set that I had maybe a year ago. Yeah. At the Butter Factory in Tellypoint, um, and we wanted to play a cover, so we chose "Toxic" by Britney Spears, but we turned it into like. A blues-ish Interesting. number. Anyway, it was great. So then um, Alana started, like, playing that with us and then um, we wanted to do, like, Beyonce and what else do we do? Do you do any ABBA? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to the clientele. Gal. My clientele. Gal, it's coming. It's <laughs> okay. coming. Do you know what, though? ABBA is very difficult to play as a three-piece. Yeah, I I don't actually know. It's complex. Many cover bands that do ABBA, actually. You know you? why? Because it's hard. Fair, fair play. I know you don't like pop music, but... Um, I didn't say that exactly. I know you said that you don't like the whole pop music genre globally, <laughs> but um, ABBA, it's actually hard. I don't know. We think pop music's easy, or some people do. The people yeah. that, that don't play it. No, I think I can, I can certainly attest to that, I think. There's certain songs that like uh, would be easily sort of translatable and, and easy to play and kind of capture the vibe pretty quickly. ABBA, mm. it's, it is very distinct and quite specific, uh, a certain sound that, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, with any band really, but certainly with a, the, with a trio, mm. very hard to sort of uh, get the same kind of vibe going. Yeah, especially when you don't have like um, those effects. Yeah. Um, so it's very raw for you guys. At the moment, when I say early days, early days. Uh, bass, drums, guitar? Bass, drums, guitar. Cool. Vocals. So nice. I'm vocals, guitar. Yeah. Alana's bass and backing vocals because she's a gun at harmonies and mix on drums. Three-part harmonies? Because Mick can sing? She, no. Because you drum and sing at the same time? Um, she probably could, but she has an aversion to that. But we'll get it there. We we want it to be the the Phil Collins of our well. I band. I am not a drummer, but I I can play drums, and 
on the odd occasion that for some reason um, in the past I didn't have maybe a bass player or, or someone, I've played drums and sung. And it, to be honest, actually here in Port Macquarie, years and years mm. ago at Finian's Tavern. God bless Finian's Tavern. God bless Finian's yeah. Tavern. Back in the day. <laughs> Uh, and to be honest, the drum performance part was horrible, like yeah. horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, people froth on a, a lead singer on the drums. I know it gives them something. Yeah. So I reckon Mick, that's the next. That's the next challenge. No, she can do it. Yeah, I reckon. She just won't put a mic in front of her face. Oh. Maybe if you bring it up when you speak in my to her, interview her tomorrow. Pressure her. Yeah, I'm going to say, look, Amir and I got together, and we've we've, planned we've this. voted. You should sing from the drums. Yeah, no, she um, she was trying to play the drums and the trumpet at the same time, which kind of, like worked a little bit, but um, yeah, she just kind of needs to grow more arms, and I think that would. <laughs> she needs to be a bit more of an octopus kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So yep. I think that would uh, solve our problems. There you go. But we'll anyway, that's that our fun project, yep. and we're playing for Art Walk actually on Friday this week. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Um, so we play, we get the people going. Yeah. Yeah. Ja, uh, with this, with this outfit, is it original stuff or is it mostly covers? Like, Does your mother know? Yeah. All covers. All covers. Cool. All, we take the songs we love and yep. we make them better. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you don't play any ABBA? Because ABBA can't get any better? Oh, it's perfection. <laughs> so, yeah, we play a lot of top 40. Yeah. What kind of stuff? Do you want me to name names? Please. Name drop? Yep. All right. We've got a we've got a Britney Spears. We've got a Who do we have? Britney Spears. You mentioned Beyonce before. Yeah. Oh, Beyonce. Um What song? What Beyonce song? Um Crazy. What we've done. We've taken Crazy and we've mashed it up with Oh no. We've taken Crazy by Niles Barkley. We've mashed yep. it up with Crazy in Love by Ooh. Beyonce. I tried singing Crazy in Love once. It d- didn't go down very well. It's tricky. It is tricky. I actually did it at uni. Do you do the rap? Well, Alana's supposed to do the rap, but she hasn't learned it yet. Um, <laughs> I actually did it at uni for one of my recitals, Yep. that arrangement, See? with like a whole brass band. Um, and it was good, but looking back, embarrassing because <laughs> I was trying to be all that. And then my examiners were like a 65-year-old oboist. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, I support my decision. But, um, yeah, so we've taken that and we've put it in this project and it's sick. And A few other, few other name drops. Come on. <laughs> the pressure. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, who's Pitches sung by? Uh, the, well, there's a few different Pitches. Pitches. Um, they come, they get flicker in Sneaky my sound system. That's it. That's a that great That vibe. Um, I'm loving this band already. I tell you, it's great. Yeah. You're playing all the songs that I've played before but didn't master. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all good. Chick power. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, Mick's actually going to play Spooky on Friday. So we're, we're planning on swapping a lot of instruments. You play drums? I can keep a beat. Okay. But for like things like Spooky, I'm on the bass. Cool. Um, and Alana's on drums. Nice. Like Carol King stuff. Nice. Anyway, so it's great not yep. to not to be completely self indulgent, but we're great. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, I I think when uh, you look at a set list, a uh, cover band, obviously, mm. you look at a set list and you can see 
some some banging like this is right up my alley i think yeah you gotta you gotta pay it and i reckon yeah. I, I trust if you've got that musical taste i trust that it would be pretty much on point it's great so that's exciting stuff yeah. coming up with uh does your mother know so that's our fun yep. stuff and then um my my artist stuff um i've kind of taken a break from it mm-hmm because I don't know if you know. Perfect time for an interview. I don't know if you know about that global pandemic that happened. Yeah. But that was rough. Tell me about it. So I just was um, oh, so fatigued. Yeah. So just the start of the year, I've just taken a, a tiny break. Um, but I've, in the last couple of months, I started writing again. Yeah. Because I also didn't like my music. I, you know, existential crisis. Yeah. Um, so, like, for example, I'm playing the Blues Festival at the Butter Factory mm-hmm. again this year. Um, and I'm, I just really want it to be completely different from last year's set. So in terms of songs or style or? In terms of both. Okay. Um, in terms of songs, yeah. You know how songs, like, live in a period of time? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to wash away that period of time. Right. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Is there an, an interesting um, backstory <laughs> that, no? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. I always hear, I, I try to listen for what's not being said. But um, no, that, we, don't have to, we don't have to go there. But Look, yes. I might sound elusive, but it's just because my memory is so bad. <laughs> so ask away. Um, was there something that happened that specifically wants that you want to wash away all that stuff? Oh, like emotional damage. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I just didn't um, like um, – I just want to go in a different direction, I think. So when I discovered some of your videos that, that you now wish you had taken down. Yes, tell me more. I was very intrigued. I was like – you know, but great, what, what great you got? voice, great guitar skills, right? You know, it felt like that R&B soul, sort of neo-soul mm. kind of vibe. But where are you Are you going away from that? Like what are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking specifically in terms of a live set. Mm-hmm. I would like to do something different. Um, I had a lot of R&B um, – R&B, so silly. Um, I had a lot of – R&B-ish, soul-ish things mm-hmm. that I've written specifically with um, styles in mind of female vocalist and then R&B type guitar. Yeah. And I think that's how I write. So that's what it's limited to at the moment. And then like Alana and Mick would just come in and we'd work things out, but it was literally – um, them just mirroring what I'd already written mm-hmm. instead of me thinking, what do I want the drums to sound like? Right. What do I want the bass to sound like? Do I actually want keys? So, so I'm thinking I want to make it bigger than me just... Um, Being cathartic and writing your own tunes. Yeah, having something acoustic that I've written acoustically and then just smooshed other layers onto Yeah. instead of specifically writing. Um, specific layers for songs. Well, it's a different execution, I think. Like when you're when you're just writing for yourself, or 
as a cathartic exercise or to do some recording, mm. you know, you, you write and you don't have in mind where necessarily the song's going to be played. Yeah. Um, and I think I have some producing friends who it, they work the complete opposite way. They play lots of different festivals and, um, and all they think about when they're writing songs is how it's going to translate to that particular audience. And so, yes, uh, you know, I think you'll come up with something different. But do you have a vibe of, like, what you're trying to achieve genre-wise, style-wise? Genre-wise? Um, look, this is more of an up. Yeah. More of an upper La- yeah, yeah. than a gal with a guitar singing about <laughs> her troubles. <laughs> Well, those those songs are great, but yes, in, in terms of like getting their crowd going and all that sort of thing. Look, people love them, and the response from people is quite um, emotional because mm. they're like, "Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about," and I'm like, "I know," because everyone feels this way. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of that, but in terms of, I think. Um, I write very lyrically based mm-hmm. or melodically based and then other instruments are just support for that yeah. melody, which is a lot in R&B and like neo-soul stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'd like it, yeah, now to be a holistic um, instrumental. More collaborative too. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So – it can be less, oh, my God, those lyrics or, or your voice is so, you know, yeah. good or whatever um, in terms of, oh, that show was good. Yeah. Because. The way you guys work together, feeding yeah. off each other's energy, that kind of thing. Or, like, I know a lot of, um, of my friends' bands, it's a lot more instrumental-based. Yeah. And people go off. Yeah, right. They go off. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the vibe is more, maybe I'd like to get more funk into it. I don't know. Do you know a gal called Jasmine Sullivan? I don't know that I do. Nobody do. No? No, everyone. In America. Should. America. Millions Jasmine of people. Jasmine Sullivan. She is. You heard it here. First. Yeah. So the inspirations, thank you for asking. My inspirations are. <laughs> no, you, you just go for it. <laughs> um. Like Jasmine Sullivan, do you know Tori Kelly? Yeah. So that. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Um, who else? Hey, there was an Amy Winehouse moment. We all had Amy Winehouse yeah. moment yeah. in our teens, but that sort of like hard hitting, like oh god, that song is just so good mm. in terms of like bass, drums, yeah, yeah. just like the chords. And then just a beautiful, amazing vocalist on top. Do you have a a, a vibe or a, a a way that you plan to execute the production or the writing of that? Or, or to give us an idea, like when you write now, yeah. How does your creative sort of process start? My creative process is I've got a problem and it needs to get out of, out of my body. Good. So either that's scribbling or playing the guitar and then just humming something and then it just turns into something. Yeah. I don't know about process just, because it's just literally sort of just like I only started writing when I had problems. <laughs> it's very easy that way, I think. You know, it's hard yeah. to write happy, upbeat, hey, I'm having the best life and living the I best know. life and, 
you know, if you don't know me, you suck or something like that. It's like that's no. exactly the lyrics. Yeah. Completely <laughs> beautiful. If you're not on my level or whatever, I think. Yeah. Well, I think psychologically. They say that human beings remember negative experiences and focus on negative experiences like nine times more than they do on Damn. on um, positive experiences. The analogy I've heard is you could find $200 um, and lose 50 of it and be more pissed off about the $50 that you lost than the 200 that you gained. I don't know if that's true in practice, but <laughs> that's what someone said. At and one time. if someone said if it, someone said it's it. true. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. Someone with some kind of authority whom I do not recollect. Yeah. No, people only say the truest <laughs> yeah. of things. I believe that. Yeah. Just mm. like I believe you. I know. I'm very, um, Thank you so very much. believing. <laughs> no, but it is, you're right. It is easy. And I think, um, well, I guess in some sense, you don't really need to write a song when you're feeling great, right? Like you could. No. Nah. But you, well, but you don't necessarily need to get something out. No, for me, it's very, it's got to mean something. Yeah. Like in terms of my idols, um, like Tori Kelly, Jasmine Sullivan, Amy Winehouse, even Adele, God bless her, a little soul. <laughs> um, it's all meaningful. And I'm not saying like Sean Paul ain't meaningful because – I also love him, but um, different, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Meaningful. What do you mean when you say meaningful? Well, meaningful in terms of, um, meaningful in terms of like it has to have a substance. More of a s- storyteller, mm-hmm. not in a, not in a slim dusty sort of vibe, but um, poetic. Sure. I think is more the word. Yeah. So. One of my biggest hates is just like dumb lyrics. I hear that. Oh, I, and I love songs that have dumb lyrics, but just like lazy. lazy. Just rhyming for the sake oh of my rhyming. Good. That kind of. Now I sound like a snob, but like it irks okay. me. Yeah, I'm the same. It irks me. Cause I'm like, where's the beauty in the, those words? Yeah. Or where's like, what are you trying to tell me? Or what are you trying to, like, get out? Because I guess music's just about, like, sharing or, like, sharing experiences or, you know, getting something out so you don't cry cry about it. Well, it is interesting, though. I think, like, uh, you know, I think artists tend, especially songwriters, tend to think lyrically a lot. Um, But you ask maybe someone who's a dancer. Mm. And they're not listening to the lyrics at all a lot of the time. Or they might be listening to the Aren't catchy they? hooks. Well, I don't know. I've talked to a few dancers. What kind of dancers like, are you talking um, to? Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you mean <laughs> what kind of dancers? Good dancers? No, like you're talking about dancers in the club or you're talking about yeah, like the ballerinas. So, yeah, no, I'm not talking about ballerinas. I'm talking about people who, who love to move. They, they get down and they're not really listening to the lyrics. I think sometimes... Um, that doesn't bother them so much. But I, I agree. I'm much more uh, listening to lyrics and going, yeah, the beat's cool and the, the, the sounds are sick, but, like, the, the lyrics are just not doing it for me. No, I know, but I think that's um, contextual. So if you okay. are in the club. Sure. And what's a good club song? Sean yeah. Paul. <laughs> what's the lyric? I don't know. you got to keep turning me on. I've yeah. got the right temperature. Okay. 
to make something something. I don't know. You're the Sean Paul fan. I love him. Yeah. You know, England, you go to England and they're just blasting Sean Paul. Yeah. Like it's the day he released it. It's so good. You got to get over there. I've been over there. But I don't <laughs> that in the Spice I don't, know, I don't know if that is going to get me back over there. Anyway, so. I'm sure there's other cool things in England. No, Sean Paul, that's it. <laughs> so contextually, you go to the club, you're listening to the beat. Mm-hmm. That's all you're listening to. Sure. Okay. Or maybe you are. While you're in the club, granted. While you're in the club. Yep. And you're singing the words because you know them. Sure. You know, maybe you're a firework, whatever, <laughs> Katy Perry. Um, and that's what's getting you going. So that's the vibe. So that's that sort of music. It's all vibe based. Yeah, totally. And they can write. What, almost whatever they want. Anything that rhymes yep. or even doesn't, you know. Make up Chuck words. it out there, it'll totally. be great. But, like, if, I don't know, you know how um, people take, like, club bangers and make them, make them into, like, an acoustic mm. thing, acoustic song, and then you realise how terrible the lyrics are. Yeah. But you're still kind of hooked in because of that melody, aren't you? Yeah. You catchy. Know? It's catchy. It's catchy. It's all about the music. And even if you hate it, you are humming it. As you try to forget about the song and you're like, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's tricky. But I guess if a singer-songwriter's writing lazy lyrics, mm. or maybe it's not even lazy. See, this is why I'm really going at people. Um, Let them have it. If they're writing, yeah, lyrics that aren't making anyone think or feel. Yeah. That's where I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Fair enough. Do you do you have uh, an example of of something that and you don't have to be specific with words but but what what is it that makes you feel something lyrically like is it um shared experiences Sure. That's I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, okay. Other than the euphoricness of melody, harmony and rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> do you when you're writing do you um do you look to say what you need to say, like literally or very explicitly or metaphor, Both. Uh, like all of, all of, everything? All of, yeah, all cool. of everything, what you just said. Yeah. Um, so let's say the songs I was writing like a year ago or maybe two years ago was the, is the bulk of my catalogue, mm. if you will. Is all based, each one is either based on a person, mm. an experience. Oh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them aren't even me. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are friends that I haven't told. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And so. That's cool. It's more of when I say a story and when people go, oh, my God, I love that one. It's because they're like, I really felt that. They can see themselves in it maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and when I'm on stage, you can't shut me up. So I'm like telling people, this happened three weeks ago, everyone, <laughs> and I've just written a song about it and here we go. Does that make it more real for them when you kind of – I suppose like it's, it's quite interesting when you're um, – uh, like announcing a song or telling telling them about it, and if 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 you say, "Hey, this is a time and place thing that happened," really, do, do you notice that, like, let's say, if you don't say that, as opposed to 
saying that, people are more engaged with that particular song when you perform it? Something about the time and place thing? I guess maybe they have context to it and, look, to be honest, sometimes the storytelling is better than the song. (laughs) I don't know. They just love it. Um, They love it. What's the beautiful part of of music when people can kind of immerse themselves in whatever story that you're telling, whatever style, and feel something? And I think that's what's so great about like sort of soul music as well. Like it, it, it is supposed to make you feel something. Absolutely. Yes. Storytelling, always back to that. Um, That's what we do. I'm, think- I'm thinking of an actual gig that was actually at Mick's house <laughs> in her backyard. It was sick before it got renovated. Um, and I played a set mm. and it was like just after all this stuff had happened. So I was just like loose-lipped, just like telling everyone who would listen about all this crap. Mm. And everyone was like, I feel you. Like <laughs> everyone was just coming up to me being like, that one was so good. I've been there. Yeah. I feel you. Like how sad for you also. <laughs> like, God, embarrassing. But um, that's, yeah, that's what people connect with. Do you, do you, is that your aim when you set out? Like, I mean, obviously you want to get something out of you. Mm. But then as an artist and a performer, you also have maybe an end goal of like I want maybe people to connect with this idea or this story. And is that something that like means something to you or, or do you do your art for you and, and then everything else is just sort of a bonus? Well. Like what does it mean when, to you when someone comes up and says, I really resonated with that lyric or that song or whatever? Um, I just go cool. <laughs> Good for you, mate. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to go now. Yeah, yeah. No, I – it's very nice. I'm not <laughs> – I, I don't know whether I can take that seriously or not. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, what was the question? What are you asking me? How uh, – I, I guess like um, what it makes you feel like when someone resonates with, with the lyric and do you, do you aim to tell mm. your story and spin your yarn in a way that people are kind of um, – uh, going to connect in that sense. I don't know if I'm right in there being like, yeah, everyone's going to connect with this. Sure. I'm more writing to get that specific event on paper and to create like those specific song or melody mm. that I think is beautiful. Mm. Um, but it's more to entertain Yeah. on stage specifically. Yeah. I think. That's what also is an issue for me, writing for myself is, like, traumatic (laughs) because of the perfectionist tendencies. Mm. So I'm trying to get myself maybe thinking that I'm writing this for someone else or I'm writing this so people can enjoy it instead of, like, I'm writing this song and it's mine and it's got to be perfect. Yeah. is more of a goal and then to entertain them because I know I go to a lot of shows with varying musicians mm. at varying levels, varying levels of entertainment, different genres, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the common thing is that the person feels entertained yeah. or connected. Like, and I say it all the time. 
to people and students and anyone that I coach or whatever is that um, you'd rather the entertainer than the perfect performance. Performance. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of imperfect performers or we're all imperfect performers. Yeah. All of the performances, you have a bum note, whatever. Totally. Um, many. Many, and you will sit with that. Me, I will sit with that forever, and I'll be like, oh, my God, that run was. Is that why you, don't, you want to take all those videos down now? Yes. <laughs> it's the blessing and the curse of having a good ear of and continually trying to get better. Totally. You're yeah. trying to get better because you're trying to get better. Yeah. But you also hate yourself, <laughs> to put it bluntly. That's so morbid. <sighs> you know, yeah. or. Well, I guess like when you are on that trajectory up, um, it is easy to look back on the stuff that you wrote a year ago and go, yeah. not that good. Yeah. Um, I wasn't executing this well. I wasn't this thing that I'm going for. Mm. I think, you know, there's certainly something to be said for reaching a level. Um, but. You also have to look back on it and go, it's a stepping stone as well. Yes. Yeah. What's the quote I heard? If you're not embarrassed by yourself, you're not growing. I reckon that's pretty bang on. Well, the other yeah. one I heard the other day was like, um, uh, it was like, a, I think it was a meme on, on, on some, one of the social media things. And it was like, yeah. um, someone saying, I want to be great at something. And the other person saying, well, you need to suck at it first. And I think that's oh, part, of it, part of it. I can't accept that. No, really? <laughs> Well, look, no one, no, one, no one wants to suck, but sometimes but we just do. And no one cares if you suck. You care. No one else cares. No Pretty one else much. is thinking about you. Well, it's interesting that you kind of contrasted um, entertainment with connection. And I think probably uh, if you're not entertaining an audience mm. um, if you, in that sense, then the likelihood of con them connecting to your music anyway is, is a lot lower. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're there and you're kind of engaging them and telling them the stories and, and making it energetic and not worried too much about the imperfections, um, people are more likely to kind of vibe and go, okay, yeah, I can get into this, as opposed to going, yeah. this is a flawless um, you know, uh, execution of my song and it doesn't have that same kind no. of human ring to it. Maybe. No, people like when you're not a robot. Yeah. You know, apparently. Yeah. Um, but. Who knew? I know. You learn something every day. Um, but it's the same in any art form. Yeah. Like I was told that very young as like a dancer and stuff, mm. um, that you'd rather watch the person who is entertaining you rather than the one who is doing everything correctly. Yeah. Um, and I also hear that every day when you hear, like, musicians that you don't really like mm. going to or seeing their set or whatever, and everyone's like, I love her. I, oh, they're so good. And you're like, really? Like, <laughs> but it's because they connect and yeah. they vibe with that specific person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's what you offer. I yeah, think. and I think there's like different niches as well, and certain styles that the, the, I'm a little bit on that on that page as well. Where there's certain styles of music that I don't myself connect with, mm. um, but then I can be at an event, and it's to me musically maybe 
quite simple and, and, and I just, it's just not my jam, but everyone is just frothing. They love it. And I'm like, but I just played these like ridiculous minor 13th chords and they no one cares. They don't appreciate it. They don't appreciate it. No one cares. They want ABBA. It. They do want ABBA. They want the ABBA <laughs> to come out. They want gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. And they want to be entertained. Yep. Agreed. It's a, it's a struggle for artists, I think, who want to push the envelope musically a little bit. Um, and then I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the phrase that I want to use. Go on. Think about um, it. I'm going to Take think about a moment. Because, I'll entertain the people. Yeah, yeah, please How do. are we going today? <laughs> um, I think what I'm trying to say is you don't want to limit your expression um, and the uniqueness of your expression, but sometimes like simple is better. You know what I mean? And I have had better, to learn that. Yes. Better, maybe not better, but maybe more connecting. What about accessible? Very much about a better that, word. About that word for connecting. you. More connecting is not. Yeah, quite, no, that's okay. Grammatically, you're a teacher. But <laughs> you're not an English teacher, are you? Oh damn. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. That's all right. Um, what? Oh my god. Anyway, yes. Uh, what, what was the word that you said? It wasn't more connecting. It was accessible. <laughs> yes. There we go. So minor thirteenth well, chords, not so no, accessible. I've got two things that hopefully I'll remember okay. because the the brain is tired. So the first one is um, the issue of growing up as a musician, trying to do all these grades, trying to get an honors, trying to play perfectly all the time, mm. practicing your little ass off to like get that scale correct or whatever, you know. Especially in not to bring AMEB down, but AMEB, um, any sort of examination process that you grow up with, that you go through, and then you make it to the end, and then you enter the real world of not a concert pianist, yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone's just vibing to four chords. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the people making money four chords. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I think that's when we are uh, very critical. I'm going to say me. I'm very critical of writing simple songs um, and to the point where it's a fine balance of putting in your 13th chords. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere yeah. and turning people off because it's maybe. It's not accessible. It's not accessible. It's not accessible. I yeah. think that's the perfect word for it. And um, and it is interesting that you say that because, like, there is something to be said for that flawless execution, that that near-perfect performance. And it it's, drives it's us to get better. Yeah. And it's, and it's impressive when you see it and you're like, whoa, that was, like, really well done. Who's it impressive to? The other musicians in the room? Probably Or everyone them. else? Yeah, not everyone else. I don't know. Maybe. Um, for me, I guess, like, you know, that's also a target market thing too because I think a lot of the time I go out and I play, I want to impress some musicians. Yeah. But that's not the right way to probably think about it. Maybe I should Everyone be kind of like. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone wants to impress the other musician yeah. in the room, you know, or they're embarrassed about playing. This is also, what's it called? Um, not snobbish. Clicky, no. Elitist. Elitist, okay. <laughs> is that the right word? Like flesh it out that um, musicians feel this sense of you cannot do anything norm like 
you can't do anything expected or you can't or playing pub gigs are frowned upon. Yeah. You know, or writing certain songs is frowned upon. But in this world, that's what gets you the moolah. It's true. You know. Why do we think that like our, like we're so unique or or something? We think we're better than everyone else. (laughs) Musicians, they they hate people that don't know theory. They not hate, that's a strong word. That's a very <laughs> strong word. I don't know, whatever. Musicians, are you, I, my, my whole vibe about this podcast is telling you about how great musicians are and you're just, you just no, undermine that. You know, like, um, <laughs> like uh, maybe it's just in every profession where people uh, meet other people at their level yeah. and they just froth on it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe in turn that's like, Oh. I think like maybe also p- the the word is like um, uh, pu- purists where they sort yes. of reach a level and they're like anything less than this level, don't want to know about it's it. It's for the plebs. It's for the, it's, for the, yeah, it's for the plebs. It's for the simpletons. Yes. But really you're exactly right. Like the things that are connecting with, with audiences aren't aren't the minor 13th chords. No. They're the, the G to D to E minor to C and – the the purists they don't like doing those. No. Nah. Do you but like it's doing just, those? It's don't. for every it's for each other. Yeah. It's not for anyone else. No, no. It's anyway. You're just doing it to impress each other. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a, a way of sort of freeing yourself up in the writing process and, and I've kind had of, to yeah. let go of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Of like especially in terms of like Neo Soul has blown up in yep. the past couple of years. Um, like Neo Soul is all about, you know, the funk, but also the alteration from classic soul, classic R&B. So now there's a lot of Neo Soul writers and it has to be specifically, you can't just have a C chord. You could have some alteration. Do you know what I mean? Invert, like all the p- extra piano fingers. Yeah. The inversion up up the, the keyboard. Yes. Yep. And I think that has stopped me actually forever. Do you, do you hear that like when you're, when you're writing and you just strum a C chord? Because I have this as well. It's like it's so boring and, and I don't want to play a song that with, the, with just a normal C major chord. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what that is. That's it, you being beautiful. addicted to 13ths. Probably. That's what that is. Yeah, so I've got a problem. Yeah, you, know. you might need to work on that. Yeah, I'm trying. Okay, good. Um, I think, what was the question? <laughs> well, just like, um, what are you asking me? do you have an aversion to writing or even hearing, you know, like playing a song that, that it just has those, those really basic chords? I do. Yeah. To be honest with you. And I know I shouldn't, but I just want everything to sound jazzier. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's the so undercurrent of everything that I play. Yeah. Of I just would love that to sound the same. Yeah. But spicier. Yeah. No, I agree. I can yeah. I can relate to that. And I think that's where the first love of like Amy Winehouse and like Adele's first album that was really jazzy. Mm. Um that has just influenced that. And I think I had a music teacher who was very only jazz and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And nothing else can occur in jazz this snobs. room. Jazz snobs. Jazz snobs. So I do love it, 
but it does stop me from writing. Yeah. Because it doesn't ever sound good enough. And I think, you know, like when you're adding those like major sevenths and and, and all those extra little pizzazzy kind of um, uh, inversions of chords and whatever, the feel immediately becomes different to then just playing a C chord. So you can start off and it's a C and an F and a G and really simple and you're doing something that's a little bit more straight. Mm. As soon as you add those little um, iterations in, all of a sudden the groove, the feel come, becomes totally different. I know. And then as a singer, it unlocks all these melodic lines Yeah, for me. Totally. So that's probably another area of it being vocally heavy, that I want to go all these places, but that major triad is just clashing mm. with where I would like to go. Yeah. So maybe if you played another um, version of that chord, it would open up. It opens up. It opens up options. Yeah. For what's going to be the feature to do, like lots of runs yeah. or to modulate somewhere or. And but then then you get stuck with that conundrum of like. Is it accessible the way that you want it to be? Exactly. <laughs> and so trying to find the middle ground, trying to find that that note in between whatever yeah. whatever it is between the minor thirteenth and the simple C chord. You know what that is? That's the role of the bass. To okay. really hone that in. Yeah. You know? You can well, I suppose that make that does actually make a lot of sense, particularly when you're talking about like neo soul soul music. You take you strip away the the melodic instrument, the guitar or the piano for a second mm. and just have the bass, all of a sudden you can do those, well, maybe if you're, you're overdubbing, you can do those trills, those expressive moments mm. um, and then bring it back in a little bit later and, and make it a little bit more accessible because there is something about tricky chords that some <laughs> people just don't, don't vibe on. No. Nah. So anyway. It hurts their soul. Which kind of, yeah. Is that why it's called soul music? It can go either way? Maybe. <laughs> why are you asking me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. You've just tripped me up. We've done pretty well. We've done 45 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God, at, look at us go. At first it was like, what are we going to talk about? And then we got real deep, real philosophical. Too deep. Yeah. Real what did you want to talk to me about? In a dark place. Well, I didn't even start where I normally start, which is like how, how you became creative. So we might as well cover that and finish that. We sort of went right. straight away to talking about um, does your mother know? Yeah. <laughs> where do you want to start? All right. Amir, where, where, where did creativity, music or otherwise start right. for you? April 25th. Okay. 1992. Wow, very, very specific. <laughs> I was born, right? <laughs> um, and then my mother forced everyone to learn an instrument. Because she never did. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Now she has every instrument under the sun. Yeah. Um, so she I play chose. Them? She plays everything. Awesome. She's into ukulele right now. She's okay. like a fad queen. She goes from one to the other. What are the other fad instruments that she's. Flute. Okay. She's pretty good at piano. Yeah. I remember my childhood, there was a pretty heavy moment with clarinet. Was, was clarinet a fad instrument? For her. <laughs> yeah. I remember I used to sit in the car when she went for lessons all the time. What a legend. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I learned violin for a very long time. So that was my first instrument. 
Um, and then I felt self-conscious about it, so I cried and I quit <laughs> when I was, like, 16. Um, As all young musicians <laughs> yeah. do tend to. Yeah, and I was heavily – I was more into dancing at that point. Mm. So is this what you want, my whole journey? Yeah. We'll yeah. dot point it. Yeah. So I cried and I quit violin. And then I got more into dancing and for, like, HSE, then I got more into the vocal stuff. Yeah. Singing and et cetera, whatever. But I wanted to be a dancer, so then I left school and I did full-time in Sydney. And then I had a back injury. No. Yes, right. Taylor's oldest time. Um, But I broke my tailbone playing bull rush in school. Do you know what that is? I don't need to explain it. Oh, my goodness. So I broke it and then they didn't believe me. So I just had this broken tailbone that didn't heal. Oh, no. So then anyway, then it fused in a good position. So then when I went to do full-time like two years later and we're doing like acrobatics and crumping every day, um, that just fell apart. Wow. The spine. Anyway, so then I had to take a year off and move home and like do rehab and stuff. And then that's when I started going to lots of festivals Mm. and I had a moment and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. So then I picked the violin back up, did the grade I needed to do to get into uni, Mm. and then I went to uni. Sick. And that's what we're here for. And when did you start playing guitar? Was that later in the piece? Like That was, yeah, I'd say so. So when I went to uni in Newcastle, I did, like, voice and production. Yeah. Did a bit of that. And then I think I wanted to start writing and recording and no one could play guitar like I wanted. Well, they could. That's God. That's a bit God complex of me. Um, <laughs> no but one it, played guitar <laughs> like I did. I don't even play that good. What am I talking about? Um, back then, anyway. So... <laughs> It was just easier to write for myself, so I taught myself. Mm. So through that time, yeah, I taught myself guitar. Nice. I started playing, I started writing, then I graduated and then I moved to Melbourne and I did masters in music education. Yeah. And then just writing, gigging, meeting lots of new people. And then we're here. And then COVID hit. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. That happened. The perennial full stop in everyone's musical story. Right. Is that where everyone's been like, and here we are? <sighs> well, pretty much this podcast uh, in various forms has been going for just over two years. Or what are we, June? Yeah, so almost two and a half years. Damn. Um, not two and a, a little bit anyway. Yeah. And, um, and for most of that, actually up until pretty much recently, it was all about how's COVID. During COVID. you up. <laughs> God, that's heavy. Yeah. And so I'm glad that we had a little hiatus in the last few months and just sort of started picking back, picking it back up in the last um, couple of weeks, which has been really nice. Yeah. But having that hiatus has been also great because I tend not to dwell on how COVID just, you know, made everything crap. Those might have just been counselling sessions. I thought they were very <laughs> cathartic and, yeah. um, and certainly like helpful to, I mean, you know, it's nice to have al- allies. Mm. who are going through the same thing, who are feeling those same Truly. things. Especially like, um, you know, where I'm from in Bellingen, there's so many creatives that were like doing performance and yeah. that sort of thing full time who it was just like not a thing anymore. Dude. Um, 
and and like I have friends in the scene who are like festival engine, like you know, live yeah. engineers traveling around. Guys who had been working in the the music scene for twenty five years who were like applying for jobs at Coles and oh all my god, sorts of I things. met one of those yeah. the other day. It's so who sad. were just like I've retrained to be a remedial massage, and wow. I was like, all right, get it, girl. Yeah, but. Yeah, those stories of just like their life stopped yep. and then they had nothing. Yeah. And then. It's a real, like a real thing, a real problem. Um, and anyway, I, it's something that I don't want to um, <laughs> keep really. All right. We won't talk about it. <laughs> we're over it. Yeah, we're kind of over it. We're getting there. Last year's news. No one yeah. wants to hear about it. No, not at all. But um, yeah, COVID was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. But in terms of now picking back up, I'm actually playing. More after. I think being in this town. Great. There seems to be a little bit of a, an original thing and, and just some some good live music happenings um, in port that it's slowly sort of starting it's to pick trying. up a little bit. It's trying. It's trying. There are some issues with the town <laughs> and live music. As with every other town on yeah. the planet, I'd say. But I remember being 18 and it was popping off. Yeah. The venues here yep. were great. But they have systematically been. It is definitely shut down. Yeah, I and I agree. It. I'm I'm optimistic about it because I can see it happening. But to your point, I think it, there's like a, a little time window that we have to sort of step yeah. through, and that might be one two years before we kind of get into the full swing, which is disappointing, given how like abruptly it all just got shut down. Oh yeah, you kind of want that thing to be like, all right. Back. Let's back go. Up. But it's it's people's confidence. It's people's financial situation. The money. Oh my goodness. The money. Yeah, it's yeah, a tricky I thing. Know. Like a lot of people are in sort of dire straits, and and it's not uh, an option for them to be going out and supporting live music every week. Like pre-COVID, it was kind of a thing. They were throwing that cash like no one's business. <sighs> Dollar bills. Where are all the people selling all the properties? <laughs> They bought them all. They bought them back. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Port Macquarie is good. There's a lot of gigs happening and there's a lot of good people yeah. trying to get things going. But um, there's some restrictions here yeah. with where to play. But Like noise-wise and that? Well, you know what's happened. I, I'm sure, sure you're <laughs> Do about you to tell me. Know? Please. Um, so, this is what I think has happened is that when, like, when I was 18, lots of the venues were right in town. Mm. Right in town. Really loudly outside. They're doing their jobs. God bless you. <laughs> yes. Um, and then all these apartments came. So then re liquor license, yeah. re noise complaints. Oh man, they've been slowly shut down. That's such so, a bad story. It's everywhere too. Right. Buy mm. out of town. Well, if you buy near a pub, you shouldn't have the option. No. The pub has been there for ages. No, they trump anything. Anyway, so that's happened. So. You know, the pier's gone, the yeah. Mac doesn't do any really live music anymore. Yeah, right. And I remember that room at Up, the back. Yeah. It was the sweatiest time of my life when I was younger. <laughs> um, Beach House, I think they try. Used to play that. Play that every, they used to do Thursday night gigs. I think a lot of it is dudes with guitars, no yeah, offense. Yeah, sit down. No offense there. That's all right. But, yeah, there's not anything like, like let's say Newcastle, there's a lot of venues for live music. Yeah. But here we haven't caught up. And I think we're trying to like wave bowl. Yeah. That's popping off. Yeah. But even booking places like Burnt Out Bookings, they're trying to put on 
like local mm. festival like things, but they're going out to Bonnie Hills. Yeah, okay. Because there's a venue there. So there's just a bit of a disconnect between venues, organizers, and just the town. Well, I think that point that you made earlier, and this is the kind of thing that's, that, that really pisses me off, and it's been happening yes. for years up and down the coast little pubs in small towns, someone moves in near the pub. And they don't like the music being out yep. loud after, well, any time really. Yeah. And all of a sudden the licensing police um, are around. And not like, not that any licensing police are going to be listening to my show, but if you are listening, why? <laughs> why? I don't know, but doesn't everything revolve around the money? Uh, maybe. But, but maybe, yes, you're right, of course. No, I, to answer your question. As in wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the money being exchanged but um <laughs> I, I think you're right things like that just power tripping just yeah and the wrong kind of incentive for for a, a job title to be um you know like it's probably not worded like this it's probably um worded like you know we want to make it safe community for everyone and we want no noise pollution and this and that but really the the vibe is they want to go and throw their weight around and, and like you say, a bit of a power trip. And it's yes. just actually destroying small business yeah. and and the artistic And community. the town. Yeah. Oh, my God. How much money does – what was the figure of like the art sector is like, uh, like compared trillion to trillion dollars or yeah, something? Yeah, ridiculous. To, compared yeah. to like airlines or, or – The football. <sighs> no offense. <laughs> but – I can see this <laughs> – the second part of this um, episode is going to be heated. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so I th- really think it's just people with big, pers- big chips on their shoulders. Yeah, agreed. Squashing things. So anyway, people, artists are really trying to work around yeah. that, and I think breweries have popped up, which are good, but still, person in their guitar, RSLs, person in their guitar. Like and maybe also, uh, and I would say this: our my experience has been a lot of venues can only afford that now, especially exactly. with the restrictions. Exactly, and like, what's the union brought in? Like two fifty per musician yeah, per, per gig or something, which and is like maybe a two or three hour gig. I don't know. So that's like whatever seven fifty minimum for a three piece. Which, when you say seven fifty to people, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, let's say they're pubs or like big RSLs, whatever. They got money thrown yeah, around, yeah. Um, but they still are on that budget. And I'm like, "Do they have pokies?" Yes, they're rolling in cash, yeah, so and they're still on the budget. It's a, no, it's a non-event. It's a I know. For me. So, like, if you say seven fifty, some venues. Uh, wonderful, like yeah. Warhope Arts in Warhope. There, they love artists. They'll pay you. Awesome. They're so supportive. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, but others, you really gotta, really gotta. Well, yeah, scratch I mean, people's eyes. Exactly, out. and and I like to the point that last year, um, for that exact reason, we I couldn't do band gigs with my band because no one could afford us. Yeah, and so you're I, not going to ask your band to play for free. No, well, so I, I started just taking them to my solo gig and splitting my solo fee because I was like, I just need to play with you guys. Like, I miss this. Fully. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was like kind of not really worth going out for financially, but for the nah. soul. I yeah, it was your you fun know. little thing. Yeah, I loved it. 
It's good yeah. Fun. But anyway, hopefully better and 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 better things. Well, gooder I think and better putting putting homelessness aside <laughs> for our region, which is a huge thing Massive. and probably yeah, in yeah, Belgium yeah. as well. Um, the influx of new slash young people will hopefully tip the scale because up here has been a lot of. Um, I think statistically, when I was here growing up, it was the largest retiree population. Really, I think wow. Lauriton specifically. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of the way people vote and the way people want their town to be, yeah. hopefully that new wave yeah. brings people, pushes certain yeah venues and artists and whatever. It, it's interesting that. You know, on that on that sort of note, I mean, a lot of the time, what happens is a place uh, gets a little bit gentrified, and it pushes the art- artists out to the fringe. And it would be nice to see that maybe the retirees could go to the fringe and like have the hub and the hang artists. out. You know, yeah. hang out on the fringe. It's quieter out on the. Have fringe. your nice time. There's no pubs. Yeah. There's there's no riffraff. Well, the riffraff. We'd have to we have to switch a few things around. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know, like just finding, finding that space where like the, the business district can be not just a business district just for business in the day, but like can be thriving at nighttime and have a bit of a vibe. I know. know. And I think that's what Brisbane does well. They've got like specific areas Areas, where people can. Well, interestingly, Brad, Brad was like, I've got ideas. We can make things happen. Brad. Yeah. I've been talking to Brad. He's a visionary. Me and Brad's partner, um, when we went up to. Tormina. Do you know that place in Tormina? Which one? The shed. The shed. Yes, I know. We yeah, went Sarah. there yeah. and we were like, we could do this. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We just need like a group of people yeah. or something. What's Brad thinking? What's his idea? Similar. Did he but still? He was sort of thinking Ananas like, well, the group dream? things, obviously. <laughs> no, no, no. It was more that he was looking at like, uh, maybe defunct or decommissioned big warehouse sheds where you put in like what you need. rooms like this for visual artists, musicians, woodworkers, yeah, like all of that, and have it as a bit of a semi-open. I think it was my accommodation calling. <laughs> um, uh. That's all good. Um, have a bit of a semi-open scene where people can come in and see what's happening, and maybe yeah. like glass or just windows or whatever, so they can look in and see people doing their creative thing, and and then. Have it as a cost-effective space because the space for one person or a business is going to be huge. But yeah. if you get lots of people in there, something like that. And I think there's lots, a lot of good ideas. Like the shed's great. So you, did you meet Sarah? Yes. Yeah. So Sarah's been on the podcast. She's a legend. God bless Sarah. Yeah, she's a good chick. God, they're doing good things up there. Yeah. Archive, <sighs> Mid-North Coast, shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out <laughs> to my 100 listeners. No, they were great. Yeah, they oh, were. oh, it was so good Did you there. play? Have you played? No. Nah. No, fair enough. Nah, the hiatus has taken over. Yeah, well, that's a good good thing to do from time to time. No, I might play when I get my new set. When I feel comfortable with my new music. Yeah. Do the Amir thing. Yeah, do that thing. Cool. Yeah, we'll thank, see. Thank you so much for uh, coming no, in and having a chat. Thank you. No, that was good. <laughs> we weren't sure where it was going to go, and Went I think everywhere. we covered pretty much everything we needed to cover. Oh, there's more, but um, well, there's more. We'll just leave that. Yeah, I don't know if people are going to listen uh, for more than an hour and two minutes and thirty no, seconds. No, edit, edit, edit the crap out. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Cheers.